0: This is Yehudi Feldman. Today we're going to develop the entire podcast to a general discussion of the middle of Sefer Mishle, which is starts with Mishle Shlomo uh, in chapter 10, verse 1, and goes on to 22, verse 16. Altogether in this section, there are 375 verses, which adds up exactly to the name Shlomo. But this large section of 11, 12 chapters is itself split up into two sections. One, which is chapters 10 through 15, that primarily features... Proverbs with antithetic parallelism and chapters 16 to 22 that primarily features proverbs with either synonymous or what used to be called synthetic parallelism now is called more often progressive parallelism. Let's explain what this these various uh, types of parallelism mean. Antithetic parallelism, which is the defining feature of uh, the six chapters that form the first half of the midsection of Sefer Mishle, means that the second half of a proverb flips the first half. Zecher, <laughs> Sadiq, Whatever is said in the first half, the opposite is said in the second. This type of parallelism is pretty much confined in the Tanakh through these six chapters of Mislay, two chapters towards the end of mislay chapters 28 and 29. Outside of Sefer Mishle, it's relatively rare. It occasionally occurs in Sefer Kohelet and Sefer Eov. Outside of of wisdom literature is even more rare. One example outside of wisdom literature is the well-known Psalm one verse six. Hashem But keep in mind, many people consider the first Psalm of Tehillim, like the forty uh, ninth Psalm of Tehillim, to be a wisdom psalm. The forty ninth actually labels itself as a wisdom psalm. And the first is also, you know, the same idea. Ashraish, you know, in other words, that type of mindset that essentially tells you to set out various midot ways of living is more of a chachma type than the type of tehillim, which is usually a person addresses their point of view to Hashem. Once you get done with chapter fifteen, actually at fifteen verse. 32 is the last antithetic parallel and then the um, in other words, the, the the editor obviously intended to split up the Mishlei homo section into two parts by this major literary feature um, but synthetic parallelism and synonymous are also uh, the, the formats of say for Michelle right. Synonymous parallelism would be chapter 16, verse 18, Lifnei shever ga'on, v'lifnei kishalon, gova ruach. The first half of the verse and the second half of the verse say pretty much the same idea but in different words. Synonymous parallelism is very common in some sections of Mishlei. For example, Eishachayu, Pia Patcha, the Torah Tchazed Al Vishona. However, in this section, sixteen through twenty-two, what's more common is what's called used to be called synthetic parallelism. Now it's often called progressive parallelism, which means that the second half of the verse sharpens the first half of the verse, adds something to it, you know, it takes the idea that's in the first half of the verse and makes it sort of, you know, work on you even more than the first half did. Now, that type of approach is only going to work if it succeeds. There are going to be times where we're going to find a verse where the second half tries to sharpen the first half, but does not succeed. We'll point this out as we go along. But let's give an example of where it definitely does succeed. Ne'er Hashem um, nishmat adam face kol okay clearly the second half really adds something to the first half sometimes the second half is presenting the outcome to the first half such as a very good example of seeing how the system works is when the first half is identical in both uh the Chapters 10 through 15 and chapters 16 through 22, but the second half has to change because the setup changes. Like in the first section, you have *hon kiryat uzo The uh, wealth of the rich person forms a, a wall that protects him, and the uh, and the uh, poverty of the poor is there is their misfortune. In in chapter 18, you have the same first half, but the second half parallels it. It's like a, again, a great big wall, uh, where, you know, the kid probably means his jewelry or other types of, you know, portable wealth. Either way, the point is the second half of the verse does not oppose the first half, and that brings me to another point, which is, I think, originally the format of the Mishalim in, in, let's say, pre-Solomonic times and the times of the Shoftim, which I'm going to try to point out that I... Uh, chapters 10 to 15 I think are the earliest chapters of Mishlei, and some of them may even be from pre-Solomonic times let's point out a fundamental point about Sefer Mishle. It's not a book where one person sat down and wrote from end to end like Kohelis is. It's basically a book that is a collection of wisdom literature from the time of the Shoftim till the time of the Chorban. According to Baba Batra, chizkiyo v'siatou katvu, Sefer Mishle. In other words, what does it mean katvu? They gathered it all up together. Chizkiyo v'siatou means people who lived after him, says Rashi. And we're talking here about people, you know, living, you know, down to the year 700, Seattle to the year at least 650. In other words, we're talking about you know a group of scribes sitting down and collecting problems that were written you know in the first temple period and even before the first temple was built, you know from the time we conquered the land until let's say after the first uh, the northern kingdom was uh was destroyed so that's like several hundred years so what I'm saying is that the f- Chapters 10 to 15, I think, are the earliest group of uh, Proverbs that we have. And I'm going to try to point out that in 16 to 22, the, the setting gets a bit more sophisticated. Six, 10 to 15 have a more tribal setting, unlike, let's say, 1 to 9, which has clearly an urban setting. And furthermore, in 10 to 15, we come across, you know, a lot less. Of what you call the 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 um the people who are normally associated with government, and I mean organized government, than we do when once we start Chapter 16 going down to 22. In the second part of we read a lot more about Melech, about Mishpat, about quarrels that have to be settled in court, the Riv and Madon. The whole setting is a great deal more sophisticated. There are people like Nidivim, In other words, the upper class is not just the Ashir. The upper class is a set of government, high government officials. And one of the concerns in 16 through 22 is exactly how you relate to such officials, which probably in the time of the Shelftim, such people really were, you know, we were living in a tribal society, and life was a little, a lot more simple. And the problems reflect that. The second point I want to make is that I think... Once upon a time, the proverb was just one half of what's now two half first. And later on, the system was organized so that every proverb had to have a, a parallel of some kind. So, some of the proverbs that basically uh, the 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 hard hitting part is just a few words, like the last uh, three words. Of chapter 15, Lifnei Chavod Anava. That's the one you remember. Then you attach to that one two different possible beginnings because the real proverb is a small one and the, the the larger unit which became accepted later requires then that you find something that either is antithetical to it or is synonymous with it, or it expresses a similar idea. But the format, I think a good deal of the time started out with the smaller unit and sometimes that's all you remember. You know, when you quote a problem, you don't even remember what the other half is. Even Chazal, when they quote a proverb in in the midrashim, sometimes quote the whole the whole proverb, and sometimes just quote one half of it. Probably because of the fact that the half that they're quoting is is for them the message, and they basically don't really think that the second half adds anything to it. And so I think you have to see that once in the wall. In a problem, these, the, the one part is the more hard-hitting part, and that especially is seen when you see that part repeated several times with different parallels. <laughs> Think about tzadkat That ending has two different beginnings. The first one is lo yo ilu resha, and the second one is lo yo home beyond evra. You know, in it other it's clear that the basic proverb is tzedakah tatsimimavet, and then you have to find something to match it. So various authors thought of different ways of matching it, and they all got collected. That's how you explain the fact that in Mishle, there are proverbs that seem very similar to each other, have almost exactly the same words. That's because in if you have different collections, so different authors at different times try to match different possible matches and the final editor thought they both you know were worth including and so included both of them finally there's one other way that we can clearly see the hand of the editor of this collection uh since the basic format was to put the antithetical proverbs first and the rest of them in the second half of the group the editor seems to have tried to take all the major problems or most of the major ones that have the Shem HaShem in them in the first collection and put them in the last chapter and in the second collection put them in the first chapter. So the result is that chapters 15 and 16 become the linchpin of the entire book. Why? Because they have Shem HaShem in them in a density that's way above the book as a whole. For To give an example... From chapter 10 till chapter 15, Shem Hashem is mentioned 17 times. Just in chapter 15 and 16, it's mentioned 20 times. Altogether, in Mishle, Shem Hashem is mentioned 87 times, which averages less than three a chapter. There are chapters in Mishle that don't have Shem Hashem at all. Chapter 4, chapter 7, uh, chapter 4, chapter 13, Chapters 26 and 27, there are other chapters that have it once or twice at the most, and here in two chapters you have it 20 times. So it's apparent that the editor tried to put from his two collections the, the chapter with the most mentions of Hashem right next to each other. This also brings up the issue of what was called by many scholars that the idea of secular proverbs, that wisdom originally started out primarily as guidance to people in life without necessarily talking so much about their relationship to Hashem. Proverbs that are quoted elsewhere in Tanakh sound like they're, you know, proverbs that just came out of ordinary life experience. And a great number of the proverbs in Mishle sound exactly the same. Well, is was there pretty much advice to young people that an older teacher might give them in wisdom school, which I think is pretty much the setting, you know, for a good deal, say, for Mishlei, And, you know, they don't necessarily... Talk that much about the relationship of people with Hashem, or even the works of Hashem. Let's say, for example, the density of the mention of Hashem in Tehillim is about three times what it is in Mishlei. The Mishlei mentions Hashem about eight times per thousand words, and in Tehillim it's more like twenty-three times per thousand words. Obviously, that's because Tehillim's concerned primarily with human beings' relationships with Hashem. Whereas Mishle is concerned primarily with human beings' relationship with other human beings. It certainly does discuss how Hashem's relationships with people affect human beings' relationships with other human beings. But it's still not the primary concern of the book or of Kohelet for that matter. Volko well, how it certainly does talk about human beings' relationship with Hashem. On the other hand, Eov's primary concern is the relationship of human beings with Hashem because the center person of the book, namely Eov, has a serious problem in terms of his idea of what a relationship with Hashem should be. So it's not just a question of wisdom literature versus, you know, other types of literature. It's simply a question of what the author's you know, intentions are. As you, if you look in chapter 15 and 16, you'll get a feeling that Miss you know, operates very much the way, say, a wisdom psalm would operate. If you look at other chapters, you would not see that. At the very center of the book... Chapter 15, verse 33, followed immediately by chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. You have eight verses in a row in which Hashem's name is mentioned. It sounds like Yehichavod, except the catch is Yehichavod is a foraligium of verses collected precisely because same Hashem was in them, not because there is such a psalm in Taelim. Psuket Zimra is, is called Psuket because some of it is the arrangement of psukim back to back on themes, rather than any particular, you know, organized psalm that you could find in in Tehill. Let me give some examples of what I consider to be the primitive wisdom proverbs from the time of the Shoftim and uh, early melucha that don't reflect anything other than the, you know, farming life where the king is in the ofek and Hashem is not the immediate concern. Oger bakayitz Bain maskil mirdam bakasir mevish. This is in chapter 10. Um, These are simply life experience type of proverbs that don't really have any particular side in them of a relationship between human beings and Hashem. Uh, let's give other examples all from the first half of the mishlei slamoh section nezem zahav ba'afkhazir ishayara besara tav shohir tav yekesh ratson vidoreshra otzboenol Tov mikle the even lo, mimit kaben lochem. To agar belevish yashchena ve davar tov yasamchena. Lo yacharoch remiat se do, adam yakar tarut, tarut, tarut. sadik nefesh behem tov rachame risha im achzari. Ovedad ma to yispa lechem. These kind of proverbs are essentially life wisdom that could be said in any society and don't necessarily reflect a religious society and certainly don't necessarily reflect anything particular to Am Yisrael. And that's another point that has to be made about Sefer officially as a whole. Wisdom literature does not reflect anything that has to do with the national institutions that are peculiar to the Jewish people. In other words, you're never going to find anything in wisdom literature that shows you that there's such a thing as uh, as Israel itself is never mentioned. There's no national issues that are ever discussed in any of the wisdom literature books. You, you rarely, if ever, hear about a Kohen or an Avi or about the Beit HaMikdash or about anything particular to the Israelite people. Um, you primarily hear general maxims that could just as well come from ancient Near Eastern wisdom literature, and indeed a good number of them do, as we will point out when we get into the next section that starts with chapter 22, verse 17, which reads as if it was pretty much lifted from a famous wisdom literature of the Egyptians. In other words, Mishle started out, I would say, when I say chapters 10 through 15, primarily as... Wisdom Proverbs to guide young people through life. There were sections of it where they became more religious Proverbs, meaning the point of the proverb is to tell you the ways of Hashem and to make sure that you don't do something that antagonizes Hashem. And this would essentially be even more prominent in uh, chapter uh, uh, 15. But even there, you have things that sound different, like... In one place, you'll have Yirat Hashem Mekor Chayim, and In another place, you'll have Torat Chayim, Chacham, Chayim, Now, that's not the same idea. Saying Yirat Hashem and Torach and then following it by the exact five same words, the question is, well, exactly what is it that you're trying to say is going to keep you away from death? Okay, Torah Chacham is not saying the same as Yerat Hashem. As we begin chapter 16 tomorrow, antithetic parallelism will become quite rare. The main thing to look for is how the second half of the verse sharpens the first half of the verse, and also look for a more sophisticated society. We're no longer in the tribal society of the period of the Shoftim and the early Malucha. We're now moving into a society where Slomo and company have taken over, created a much more, you know, urban society, and the whole Life is a good deal more sophisticated. You're going to be meeting officials of the government. The Melech is going to be mentioned a great deal, not just, you know, sparely. And so we're going to start tomorrow, chapter 16. And I just wanted to point out things to keep in mind until we reach chapter 22, verse 17. Hello.